back to Two Pills in a Pod. My name is Candice. And I'm Jessica. And in today's episode, we want to explore the topic of sexual orientation, especially as an Asian. We've always wanted to address this topic because we think that it's such an important part of a person's identity. It is what makes us who we are and we should be able to be who we want to be. However, both Jessica and I can't shed any light on this, so we have invited one of my oldest friend, Glenn, to share his personal stories and perspective. We have been friends for over 10 years now, so I have seen him mature from a boy to a man, and I have to say that I'm very proud of the man that he is today. We are so happy and honored that he has agreed to be a guest on Two Pills in the Pod today to share his experience. So thank you so much for being here, Glenn, and hi! Hi, I'm so happy to be here, guys. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here, and we're so happy to have you here. So just to start off the episode, let's do an introduction. Tell our listeners more about yourself, where you live, where you're from, and for the purpose of this episode, your sexual orientation. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Glenn. I was born and raised in Singapore for the past 24 years, and I moved to London to do my undergrad in law at the University of Exeter, and I am a proud gay guy. Before we start, let's go through the terminologies. Explain to us what are the terminologies that are acceptable and what are considered offensive. So one of the terminologies that are acceptable is obviously, you know, gay, lesbian, uh, transgender, transsexual, cisgender, and stuff like that. And what is not acceptable, I would say, is like faggot, cc, you know, and that's how usually people uh, kind of call another person especially you know in school or high or, or like in high school and stuff like that so i feel like this kind of terms should not be actually used uh per se thank you so much for sharing that um i guess my first question to you is when did you realize that you're gay and what triggered the realization it was in secondary school where i had this very good friend of mine and obviously he was a guy and I found him really like, you know, masculine and attractive in a sense. But obviously I didn't really kind of understood what kind of feelings I had for him in a sense because he was like really my good friend. So I was kind of mixed whether is he actually my good friend or is he actually someone that I actually like beyond just a friend. So that made me actually ponder upon like, you know, uh, whether I'm gay or not. And yeah, it's through time I actually just realized that hmm, maybe I'm just more skewed towards the guys rather than liking a female in a sense but obviously I was still young back then have you ever liked a girl before? yeah of course uh, I used to have a lot of like girlfriends mm-hmm. and like yeah and one of our good friend I used to you know like Candice and I our good friend you know we used to actually kind of dated in a sense oh. so yeah there were there were a lot of like attractions going on here and there uh, in secondary school and of mm-hmm. course you know I you know being born in a religious family um, you know it's always one dimension in a sense where mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of like, you know, we have to grow up, you know, be attracted to girls and then obviously have married, have children and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So naturally I was cute towards that that Mm -hmm. whole direction in a Mm -hmm. sense. So yeah, I definitely was interested in girls. But, you know, I think interest is is very different from like being sexually attracted to them. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. Yeah. So was was the attraction the same towards guy and girl or? I think back then I couldn't really differentiate. Probably because number one, I was in denial. Number two, you know, Mm -hmm. I... I just couldn't, you know, like, understand what kind of feelings I have, you know, mm-hmm. for a guy or a girl. Mm-hmm. And naturally, being born in a religious family, as mentioned before, I would think that, you know, being in 
a gay relationship or liking guys very wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a sin basically. Mm-hmm. And liking a girl, you know, it's normal. Mm-hmm. So naturally, I was a bit confused in that sense, mm-hmm. and I tried, you know, my best to actually try to understand myself and actually, you know, go out with girls and and mm-hmm. try to like you know form that kind of connection and and spark. But I think gradually, as I grew older, I kind of realized that maybe that's not what I wanted.、Mm. So when you realized that you are gay. Um, did you accept it straight away, or did you struggle with it and take some time to come to terms with it? Well, I think it took me a couple of years to be honest, because uh, I still remember the time where I actually learned how to fully accept accept myself was when I was around eighteen or nineteen years old, which technically is quite late in in terms of the gay terms, you know, where usually people kind of. Realized that they like guys when they're probably like thirteen or fourteen years old,、mm-hmm. but I was kind of a late bloomer in that sense. So,、mm-hmm. I only kind of, you know, accepted myself fully when I was about like eighteen, nineteen years old. When I actually had a, a, a like you know a long term boyfriend, and and that's where I actually realized that oh, actually maybe I am, or rather not maybe, but it's definite that I'm actually more attracted to guys. If so, then how long did it take for you to accept it? And how did you learn how to accept it? Well, it definitely took me a while. It took me a couple of years, to be honest. And I'm not gonna lie, because growing up in in Singapore, especially, is a very、uh, restricted, you know, it's very narrow-minded society. Obviously, things times has changed, you know, with the pink dot and everything right now,、yeah. which you know is celebrating、uh, LGBT plus Q and stuff like that. But during that back at that time, you know, things were just very different, very difficult, you、mm-hmm. know, in terms of coming out, in terms of you know being who I am, you know, naturally and. As I mentioned also earlier just now, you know, being born in a religious family is very difficult for me to actually be who I am in、mm-hmm. a sense to accept myself because I have my faith and my religion, and that's something that was holding me back to to learn how to love myself, to learn how to accept myself.、Mm-hmm. What is the pink dot? Pink dot is 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 like a as a gay community or rather an LGBT community that came together, organized a little gathering, and which kind of grew in terms of the community, the size where they they want to embrace. You know, love is equal. You know, there's no hate. You know, within the same gender and stuff like that. So that kind of grew and manifested into something so big today, and in this time and age, and and that kind of skewed the mindset and community of how we actually think of LGBT community. Uh, you know, plus, uh, community as a whole, and things are more open. I would say, in, instead of being very stereotype, traditional and religious. Thank you for sharing that. So, how did your family and friends react to it when you told them that you're gay? Well, I still remember this occasion where I came out to my very good friend Rachel. Uh, in when I was in poly, I, I, I wanted to tell her, you know, so many times, but I just couldn't find the right time. And there was this occasion where we had a lecture, and I just literally left the lecture and I sat by the roadside. Uh, in school, and she came out and she was asking me, "Uh, what's what's happening? You know, what's wrong? You know, and stuff like that." And I, kind of like, had that moment where I felt like, you know, I should tell her, and that was when I actually, you know, she was the first person who knew, and I came out to her and I was like, "Hey, you know, Rich, I have something to tell you, and this, you know, I've been dating this guy, and I kind of realized that, you know, I'm probably gay, and like, you know, I hope you can accept me as your friend still, and still love me and who I am. I'm nothing is going to change. I'm still who I am, you know, as a as your very good friend, you know. So yeah, you know, we, she was so accepting, and everything just became so much better from there on. You know, being me being myself, me being able to introduce my other half to my best friend or my good friend back then, and yeah, things were just amazing from then on. 
So were you worried that your friends are not accepting you for who you are? Yeah, definitely. I was a bit reluctant. I wouldn't say reluctant, but I was just weary about the fact that what if I people would judge them you. and people would just you know move away from me. People would just insult me. People would just call me names and stuff like that. You know, and that's something that I didn't really wanted to handle because you know I was of an age where I felt like things are getting so much better in terms of the community, in terms of people being accepted accepting of, of the LGBT plus uh, community in a sense. And naturally, you know, there are a lot of homophobics out there as well. And it's tough, you know, being out in the real world, I would say. Yeah, I, th- I feel like that's very sad to hear as, because I never had to be in that position. Um, and I feel like that's very sad to hear that you have to go through that, like worried about like your friends accepting you or worried about if your family accept you as for who you are but you shouldn't have worried about all this because it's not a wrong thing it's i think that it's good that this is progressing to a better way now the whole society is like a lot more open and you know a lot more accepting now so definitely yeah i think times has changed honestly and times has changed people's mindset time mm-hmm. has changed the way we, we actually react to certain things and it is what it is. The world is mm-hmm. is evolving. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is Rachel the first person that you told? Yes, Rachel was the first person that I told because she was my back then my really good friend, and obviously now she's my best friend. Uh-huh. Uh We have been friends for ten years or more, actually. Mm-hmm. What was that like admitting it to her? The very first time you say it out loud, I like a guy, and I'm seeing him now. How did you feel when you say that? Were you terrified? Were you relieved? I think it was a mix of feeling, but I think at the end of the day, it was more of like a burden that lifted off my shoulders in a sense where I be, I can be myself, finally, truly be myself. Yeah. And that's something that I've always wanted to be. I do not want to be repressed by my own sexuality in that sense, you know, not being able to tell my good friend that, you know, I am who I am. Yeah. And that's something that shouldn't happen. Mm. And people have to know that, you know, your, your friends, good friends, friends, you know, if they are your true friends, they will stick by you no matter what yeah. it is. And that's not going to change. Sexuality will never change the person you are. Yeah. That's the thing. And do you feel like it's easier to say to a friend first before you tell your family? I mean, because you have mentioned that you're born in a very re- religious family. So how, how did you open it up to your family? Well, it took many, many, many years, to be honest. It took me years. Mm-hmm. And that's something that was a struggle for me. Even even coming to uh, the UK, uh, I I was attached, and my family knew that I was attached to my ex. But all they could say was, you know, every time when they address him, it's your friend, you know, mm. rather than your partner, your boyfriend, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it was a bit difficult for the words to come out from their mouth, like your boyfriend, your partner. Mm-hmm. And I totally understand because I know where they are coming from, mm-hmm. and I don't force them to accept, you know, me. Back then, mm-hmm. but I think time has really changed and actually gave them you know an overview of you know my happiness in that sense you know and what matters to me more so did you come out to your family that you were in relationship with the guy was it verbalized or was it kind of just through actions you know what action speaks louder than words right and Mm. we all know that and Naturally, for me, I would show in my actions, like always inviting my ex over and I'm always staying over at my ex's place. And, you know, my exes and my family, they are, you know, they are really, you know, good friends and they get along really well together. So to me, I feel like my family actually know and know about it, but they just do not want to say it out loud. 
they are either probably delusional or they just do not want to say it out loud. That's the thing. Mm. So, yeah, it was difficult for me because like I wish I could back then have a conversation with my mom or dad. You know, saying that, you know, sharing my problems with, with my relationship problems with with them and getting advice from them and some, that's something that it would be really nice to have because I'm very close with my parents, especially my mom. So have you done the conversation yet or do you just, it's just obvious? The conversation has been done, you know, it's been concluded more than two, three years ago, to be honest. And it seems like it's fairly recent, of course, uh, but it, it, it took me a while to actually be more courageous in that sense, to actually say it out from my mouth. But funny thing is, it wasn't me who actually came out to them. So that was the sad part. It, it was one of my family members who actually told my fa- my parents about me. And oh that was God. that was a sad part because to me, it's my story to tell. Yeah. Yeah. It's my story to, exactly. to, to tell my parents, my family, that you know this is what is happening and this is my life, you know, and not for someone else to say it. Mm. So, yeah, so I guess, you know, as I say, every family has their own issues, their own problems. Mm. And to me, this was so personal, but yet, you know, someone could actually despite him or her being my family member, could actually just say it out loud. So I think that was just inappropriate. Yeah, totally. And that was so not that person's place also to say anything. It's something that's so personal to you and even you had to take your time to process it internally for so long and then they just tell your family like that without your permission. That's that's so disrespectful, I think. 100%. It was... Is is the courage that I've been building up for such a long time, and then it just went down the drain. In a sense, you get what I mean. Yeah. So it was a shame that I just couldn't just say out from for myself. Yeah. I was old enough to to tell my story. Yeah. Yeah. So did your mom ask you after the person said to your mom, or what happened? Well, I I broke down. Uh, I still remember. I broke down in the car park. Oh no! <laughs> I was literally tearing, oh. my, bawling my eyes out. My 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 mom and dad were there. My godma was there as well, and I was just heartbroken to the sense mm. I was devastated because I wasn't I wasn't heartbroken because I was gay. Mm. I was heartbroken because I couldn't tell them myself. Mm. Yeah. yeah, You know what I mean. Yeah. So it was something so personal and so sensitive, but yet someone did it on behalf of me, which shouldn't be the case. No. Mm. Yeah, definitely I, I didn't. I didn't ask for it. Mm. So, yeah, you know, and they saw the whole vulnerable part of me, obviously. And they, I think from there, they actually slowly learned how to understand me, try to, to learn about me, who I am as a person. It's just another part of my life that they have not really seen or known. Mm. That's the thing. And were they supportive of you despite of them being a religious family? Like, were they supportive? They are very supportive, especially my mom, till to this day, to be honest. And um, funny thing is, they are very religious. They do not accept the act of it, mm-hmm. but they always say they always they will always love me because I'm their son. They will always be there for me no matter what happens to me. Yeah. So and that's the that's the thing that I I can wish for. I I'm not asking for more than that, because to me, because you know being born in a religious family and my mom is a very staunch. Christian, uh, as, as so as my dad, I'm not going to force them to choose to accept me. Yeah. But yeah. All I always, I'm always telling them, um, you know, I always tell my mom that I don't force you to accept who I am, but all I seek for is just your respect yeah, for yeah. my decisions. And that's the thing that I, I ask for. And she's like, 
yeah, sure. You know, I respect your decision. You are you are old enough. You can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Just make sure that you are doing the right thing and you are happy. And that's the thing. I think that really hit hit the sweet spot in my heart. And ever since our relationship, you know, my my relationship, my parents, my mom especially, is it's been better than ever. That's so good that it actually like brought you guys even closer together. You know, yeah. that's so good. So. Apart from your friends and families that have been really supportive, were there anyone that you know you've come up to and their their reaction has been like less than positive? That's the thing. I feel like I've not been greeted with any nasty remarks or not being very supportive of my sexual orientation, and I have to say that I'm very blessed because whoever that I came out to, uh, even my colleagues, they are always saying good things about, yeah, we, we love you, who you are. You, nothing's going to change. This is your preference. You are happy. You're not doing anything wrong or, or, or anything bad uh, against the law or anything like that. So, yeah, I, I just am, have been really, really lucky in, in terms of having good support yeah. system. Yeah. And, and, and pillar of, of, of strength, you know, from my, my friends, you know, all around the world and, you know, in London. Uh, and, and that's all I can ask for. I can't ask for more than that. We've been friends for what, like over 10 years now. And the way I see the Glenn that I used to hang out with in high school is still the same as the way I see Glenn that I see now, you know. And because we don't talk every day or we don't talk all the time, I can see it very evidently that you've just matured so much as a person with grown up so much and I think it shows how much progress we've made as a society with all the pink dot movement and legalizing same-sex marriage and the fact that you've had a positive experience so far is saying a lot because I think even the generation before us I don't think they have that privilege they had to hide their identity so much because of the stigma that it used to be and I'm so glad that your experience has been better compared to so many other people because I'm sure for those people, it must have been so hard to be closeted for so long and not be able to be themselves freely, like heterosexual people. So how is coming out different, you know, a few years ago when you first realized that you were gay and compared to now? Well, I think uh, the difference is, you know, back then, how society construes things to be, right? Uh, how we actually think of how what people think about you. But I think as time has changed right now, you know, I I don't explicitly say out like, oh, hey, I'm gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. People either would know from the way you talk, from the way you act, and like, you know, the conversations you make. People are smart. People are really smart these days. <laughs> or, in, uh, in, my, in my own, like, comfort zone I would say if I'm feeling very very comfortable with the person uh, it can be a person that I've just met for a couple of hours and we just hit it off you know and naturally I would just say hey uh, you know I my partner blah blah and stuff like that and you'd be like oh is your partner uh, she or he and I'll be like oh my partner is he you know and stuff like that so I think naturally it kind of kind of like gravitates to, to just a very comfortable kind of conversation and to me I feel like I have not met people who are very judgy mm-hmm. in, in in this present times because of you know how the view of LGBT plus Q has has changed a lot and evolved through time. 
and it feels like where I am, especially in London right now, you know, how we are actually celebrating uh, Pride Day and stuff like that, you know, it's just more reassuring the sense where I can just be myself, I can be who I am, I can just say that I'm actually with a guy instead of a girl and, you know, whatever it is. And yeah, I'm just happy to be where I am. And that's, I think that's the most important thing to me. Mm-hmm. It's being true to myself. I feel like no one has to ever just like say or explain them like themselves to someone that what sexual orientation I am like you don't have to explain that to anyone you if they ask then you say it like I don't have to tell people that oh I like men or I like women it's yeah. it's just so definitely not yeah it's, it's not necessary like uh, I mean it will just come into a conversation naturally and if it happens it happens but you don't have to you don't owe people explanation that's all I can say yeah exactly and I think if people want to judge you, let them let be. Let them be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're not they're not worth your time yeah. or, or or you know, to even like talk to or or effort anymore. Yeah. So I guess people come and go anyway in life. So mm-hmm. that's 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 life. Yeah. So do you find it offensive when somebody asks you about your sexual orientation or is it just normal for you? To me I think uh when I was obviously five, six, seven eight years ago when people asked me I would feel a bit like weird, mm-hmm. awkward in a sense. Be a, to to use the term you know uh, gay and stuff like that, but I think as through time I get more comfortable in in in, in using that term, mm. and especially mixing with having a lot of gay friends as well. You know things will make what kind of like is more easy in a sense to just be to just use the term like oh I'm gay and stuff like that, and it's also how the the community is very accepting. You know, of of me as a person, of mm-hmm. my sexuality as a person, and mm-hmm. and I think yeah, that really kind of changed my mentality, my thoughts of the word, uh, and yeah, so I'm 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 perfectly fine with it. I don't feel weird about it. I don't feel offended about it if people were to ask me, because I feel like you you have come came a long way to where you are now. It must be a tough process for you. It must be a lot of like you know. You have to talk to yourself and you have to, you, you must be confused at the start. And what's the process like? And like, what, what would be the advice for someone who is struggling at this? I think for me is, my personal view is, obviously you have to see where, what your situation is. I think that's really important to view, to have an overview of what your situation is. Because not everyone can be as lucky as I am. In a sense where my parents are you know, respectful of my decision. Because mm-hmm. I know of people who came out and, you know, their parents just kicked them off the house. You know, mm-hmm. I, I do not want to have anything to do with you because, mm-hmm. you know, you are you are gay, you are lesbian or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And just because they feel like it's a, it, they, they bring shame to the family. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's, to me, I feel like that's not right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm lucky in that sense where my family, my parents especially, are accepting of who I am as, as a person. Uh, and I think it's important to actually just be yourself and then after that as cliche as it sounds you know being yourself loving yourself is number one and then things will just flow naturally you know don't let your sexual orientation limit what you can do or what you can say and that's not right you know although you know people are built differently you know we have we need the courage to say certain things and be an excellent way in, in a certain way and you know obviously come out your your close friends or family, but it's always finding that right timing 
once you feel like you are comfortable, you are ready to say it out, mm-hmm. then go for it. So that's my advice. Mm-hmm. That's so wise of you. I'm really curious, right? I know you're married and we'll talk about your marriage in the next episode. But say the gay dating scene. Break it down for us. Tell us the good stuff. How is it like for the LGBT community? How does it work? You know, do you have like an antenna where you can just like... How do you know if someone's gay? How do you make the first move? Or do you just wait for somebody to make the first move? Tell us everything. Sure. So, uh... (laughs) Okay, obviously we have a lot of apps, right? Like, for example, Grindr or, or like, you know, Jack D and stuff like that, which I have to make a disclaimer, I have not used them before, all right? Okay. <laughs> so I'm, 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 I, I would consider myself pretty pretty, pretty fortunate, pretty lucky in, in the love department where I'm always getting attention from guys. Um, oh! I, <laughs> all right, then. So gay guys out there listening to this podcast, please do not search my name on Instagram because you are not going to find me. <laughs> I'm married. <laughs> He's taken. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, you know, naturally people are, so in, in the gay society, in the gay world, you would say, uh, you have the top and bottom. So top is more like the manly guy, you know, mm-hmm. and the bottom is more like the girly, female mm-hmm. kind of guy, you know what I mean? Le- less masculine, I would say. Uh, it's like how you are have lesbians, like a, a butch and like a, a, a normal girl. So that's how it is, you know, compare and contrast in that sense. Uh, so naturally, um, you know, you for me, my own personal take is, I think I, I would receive like messages on like Instagram or like through friends sometimes, you know, like hanging out with them, they will show interest in you. And you can actually tell, you know, from the way they look at you. I don't know if, I'm sure you can, it's kind of similar in a sense in a heterosexual kind of relationship mm-hmm. uh, where the guy will look at you and like kind of show interest in you and kind of... You know, start, start talking to you in that sense, you know. Probably, probably not so much of the wing wing now. It's more of like the lick lick kind of thing. Are you serious? Like, yeah, I mean, like, 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 let's buy you a drink and then lick their tongue and stuff like that. Lick I'm like, the okay, I know where this is going. Uh, you know, and nowadays it's like, would you like to come home with me and Netflix and chill? I'm like, seriously, yeah, we know what Netflix and chill means. You know, it's not literally Netflix and chill. It's more of like Netflix and have sex, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's how it is. You know, the gay, the gay world is very promiscuous in a sense, mm-hmm. where everyone is just going around sleeping with each other just to satisfy their mm. lust, mm-hmm. I would say. But for me, my me personally, I, I think I do see myself... Um, I wouldn't say of a higher value, but it's more of like uh, I have my own values, I would say, in terms of who I would want to sleep with, for example, uh, who I want to date, stuff like that. Uh, obviously, we have our own criteria and standards, and that's something that, you know, everyone has. Everyone has, yeah. So, so, yeah, I think for me, how I actually meet people, like dates and stuff like that, is via Instagram, via social media like Facebook. Um, I've never used any grinder or, or any, like, apps to actually meet people because you don't I need know to apps yeah yeah number one I don't need to yes people just come <laughs> to you but number two it is people just come to me oh my god that makes me sound so so high and mighty but actually I'm not but but I mean the feeling is really nice when actually someone has an interest in you you know and starts talking to you yeah. and asking you out on a date you know and that whole cat and mouse chase you know it's really mm. interesting and fun back then uh, but obviously at this age you know I'm just I'm married so it's different Mm-hmm. I am happy where I am right now so 
I don't I don't seek for this kind of attention because I've been there and done that. Mm. But when mm. I are younger, it's different because I'm always telling my friends who are so much younger than me, go out and explore, you know, the world is your oyster. You will meet a lot of people out there, you know, do whatever you want and you will actually find out what kind of person you actually would like mm. would want to settle down with. Yeah. You know? So that kind of really shaped your mentality and mm-hmm. your character and, and and your I would say it also teaches you how to be more committed. Because mm-hmm. I was never a committed person back then. Mm. So I it's only when I entered my first gay relationship, uh, where I felt like I actually slowly learned how to be more committed in to another person. Mm. So that that's that's my you know my kind of my story would mm. say. How can you tell when somebody is gay or straight? Because I feel like not all gay men are necessarily more feminine. Like you know, you can see those really like big muscular men, and they're gay. And not all like lesbian girls are butch. So how can you tell that somebody is gay? I think it's through the conversations you have and the way they they react to certain things you say, and that can can be like a trap, you know, for 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 you to actually know whether this guy is actually gay or not. And nowadays, you know, it's it it does get a bit more challenging because metrosexual, you know, guys they are actually straight, but they dress really well and they act kind of like more like feminine wise, but they're actually really straight, you know. Is it, yeah, it does get more challenging, but I think it's more like the conversation you have with the person, and and it kind of you can tell from the way they react to certain things, the way the their facial express, expression. I think that's something that you actually can tell from, uh, which kind of gives it off. Mm. So so your gay that's radar. How, that's how. I, so your gay radar, gay radar is has to be accurate. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. And now now you don't you don't use that like, little antenna. I think it's <laughs> it's like a it's like a whole freaking like satellite. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how technology has advanced and, and we humans we gay guys has, have advanced so much as well by studying people yeah oh. and yeah has so, your satellite turned off now or is it still on oh it has been it has been turned off for, for donkey years already <laughs> pretty rusty up there already yeah. I'm still living in the 19, 1980s using like pager and stuff like that so <laughs> I don't know what's happening in the gay world right now but <laughs> So. It's, it's been off for a long time, unfortunately. Mm. Or rather fortunately, depending on, 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 you know, whether my partner is actually listening to this podcast or not. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> so you've mentioned earlier that you've dated one of our friends before, right? So what's the difference between dating a girl and a guy? How's it different? I think it, I think the difference is the chemistry, I would say. And that's really important, right? Because mm-hmm. the spark, if you do not have the spark, you don't have the chemistry, nothing's going to work, no matter how much you try, how hard you try. So I think, I I would say, yes, I'm very interested because she's pretty, you know, and mm. she's cute and the character is really nice and stuff like that. But naturally, when you talk in terms of the physical touch, the the sexuality, is a, it's a whole new different story. It's a whole new world. Yeah, You feel like, you will not get aroused by, you know, mm. being physic physical with a woman, mm-hmm. and that's that's my that's me, um and and it's something that if I obviously with a guy, you know, it kind of like stimulates your mind, your mm-hmm. and and whatever it is, and mm-hmm. naturally you you feel like, you know, 
turn things on. will just happen naturally. You get turned on, you know, you get horny or whatever it is you can say. <laughs> yeah. And like, it just goes and flows naturally and that's how you kind of realise that mm. maybe you're more inclined towards a guy or a girl. Mm. Uh, and and the emotions-wise as well. I think mm. emotional is something that you feel like you can connect with the person on the same kind of frequency and, and that's really important to me. Mm. Kind of just leave it up to biology then, yeah? Yeah, you can't. It needs it, it takes more work than just biology, to be honest. <laughs> and <Yeah>. chemistry. <laughs> you need to you need to have that physical contact, you know, physical touch, you know, and that's really important as well. Yeah, I think that's what separates friendship from relationship, I feel like, because for friendships you still have to like be nice to each other, respect each other, enjoy each other's company. But what makes it different from a relationship is physical attraction like you have to genuinely be attracted to this person otherwise there's not much difference from just being friends with that person right and you're still really good friends with her until today so <laughs> yeah we are i would say we are cons- we, we are best friends we are really really best like really good solid friends and although we don't talk to each other on a daily basis but we randomly call each other and we talk about things and stuff like that. and yeah it's things have just been great you know for all of us yeah that's great and so i think we'll leave it here for today's episode we will talk more about glenn and his married life in the next episode so if you want to hear more about what it's like to be married in london living the life make sure you tune in next week for another episode with glenn So thank you so much for listening as per usual. And thank you again, Glenn, for being here to share stories with us. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with your friends. Um, Like us and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at 2pillsinapod. You can also find Glenn on Instagram at Glenn Orson. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week. Bye.